This is the audio podcast show one, two, three. One, two, three, pick up start. Recorded on the 22nd of July, 20. What was that? What was that? Which is what W... No, anyway, um, hello, we're back, perhaps. I don't know how... <laughs> We've had an amusing setup this morning. We spent the past 15 minutes with various issues, but whatever just happened hasn't happened until now. Um, let's just carry on, shall we? It's the audio podcast, show one, two, three. We have reviews, we have news, we have other, and we have plunder this week. So let's see if we can get on with it. Yes, that was Sam Freeman, uh, Scott Hewitt introducing the show, and I'm Adam Yanch. We've all returned from being mortared off the internet for about a second there. But we're back with the audio podcast. Um, and, of course, you can digest the audio podcast in a number of different ways. Maybe consume is a better word. Maybe consume is a better word. Um, you've got your, your iTunes, your YouTube, your G-Podder, your Stitcher. You've got all these kinds of things, and you can get in contact the, the regular ways, Twitter at the audio podcast or show at the audio podcast.co.uk. Um, don't forget, of course, show notes at the audio podcast.co.uk forward slash show forward slash one, two, three. So let's kick off the show this week with the review from Scott Hewitt. Are you ready, Scott? In, indeed. So, so. Just before we get to the review, what I have is um, my S Galaxy S3, my, my Samsung Galaxy S3 is Wi-Fi'd into the Hangout, and so I will appear there and I will use the microphone in question for the rest of the review, for the for the review, which is a IK Multimedia iRig Voice. So what I'm going to do is switch across. Hello. <laughs> Hello, Scott. <laughs> what was that? There, that is. <laughs> What is that echo? Is that a, an accidental thing? No, that is a uh, always-on feature. Ah. So, the, the, the iRig voice is definitely designed for a particular group of people. And you, you're, you're probably already interested if you are interested, I think. It's bright yellow. <laughs> Yay. So, there is a way we could be really cynical about this. If you had asked me the questions which are, is this a viable professional level recording interface, then the answer is probably not. Scott, can I interrupt you just for a moment? Are you sure that you've, because you're in this Hangout twice, are you sure that you've muted the regular? Oh, no, I'm, I'm deliberately coming across both. Okay, just because there's a slight time discrepancy, which is quite distracting. Mm -hmm. Wait a minute, let me, uh, this is the easiest way. Okay, that's me just on one now. So there you go, that's me just on the, on, on the microphone here. Nope. Nothing on the normal 58 on the top there. So, l let me just tell you what this actually is. What, what it is, is a kind of standard, dynamic, non-powered microphone with a actual physical analog on-off switch is, is, is what the microphone actually is. It plugs directly into the top of the phone through a 
you know, essentially through the headphone socket, which has its own little adapter on it. And if I bring it just up, uh, of course, it's tricky for me to. I'll put use the other camera here. You can see you end up with a fairly big thing sticking out the top of your phone, which has a mic. Well, the microphone's plugged into the black cable, and then I have another pair of headphones plugged into it. To stop Scott. These. Um, yep. Anyone watching the YouTube feed is not is probably not going to see that because the YouTube feed links in with whoever's speaking. So yeah, they don't show the thumbnails at the bottom anymore like they used to. So yeah, maybe we'll show that again at the end. While you're speaking through the iRig, it'll be using your phone's camera, I think. Yeah, and I can't show what's up. There we go. So you you've heard me talk through the talk through the microphone. Let let me just do a kind of. Here's really close up, kind of right on the grill. Here's an inch away. Here's me moving off to the sides. And if I talk to it from the wrong way, it's actually pretty good. So <laughs> I'm going to switch back to the 58. So we're going to call that cardioid then, shall we? What was that, Adam? We're going to call that a cardioid, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that should be me, me back to the main microphone, yeah? Yes. Excellent stuff. Cool. So let, let me quickly show you it again. I've got the I've got the better camera option. I've got the better camera option here. What I actually do is just I'm just going to drop out of the call off the phone. That's the phone done. Yep. I'm still dead on. Maybe. Just keep going. Excellent stuff. Oh, I was trying to end this call. <laughs> I was trying to quit the call on my phone. There we go. I've done it. I think. Yep. Yeah, excellent. That's me out. Cool. So, what I was trying to show you there very quickly, which I then failed to do so, is if I go. Oh! Ah. oh no, I think all you've done is turn your camera off on your telephone. Yeah. That, is, that is indeed what I've done. Uh, wait a minute. <laughs> this is going great today. This is brilliant. This is it, but I kind of want to start the whole show again, actually, but we're not going to do that. Just... <laughs> okay. So what I'm going to do is just quickly work out the very quick way. This is the way for me to do this here. Exit. I've exited the call as well. Does that mean I'm completely? Should be me out. Yeah. All right. I believe I am now out of the call. Yeah. Yeah, I am. And your microphone stands just flopped oh, over, hasn't oh, it? This is like an, an epic. <laughs> <laughs> At least people are getting a taste of what it was like before we switched it on. Yeah. Ask, ask okay. me a couple of questions about this while I repair the microphone. Okay, so uh, apart from the fact okay. that when you've got it up too close, it's rubbish from an inch away, it's kind of okay, and it seems best when you're not talking at it at all. Um, are there any other kind of things that are particularly wrong with it, or that are that are good about it? You know, is it easy to use? Yeah, what is the connect? How does it connect in with the phone and and, and everything? Because this is not a digital. Um, Interface is it? It's just going in through the analog connection. I'm, not I'm sure back. I'm going to have to hold this in my hand because I've actually my mic stand is actually detonated into pieces. That's my homemade mic stand, so it was a uh, it's it's perfect. <laughs> I, I can put it back together, but profile one. I hope we didn't so, profile mic stand one time on the audio podcast. I think we I did. think we did twice actually. Here, so let me show you. <laughs> so this is basically what you get at the top of the microphone. Um, So it, it is purely an analog connector. There, there, there is nothing else to it other than a pure analog connector 
and it has the ability to put a separate set of headphones into the top of it as well as the microphone. Um, they do actually offer this as a this kind of thing just as a pure kind of standalone product, and you can actually obviously order this sort of thing off you know Amazon via you know kind of China as well if you want to as well sort of style. So to be it should be fair that this is actually a fairly useful little adapter to have sort of style, but you. The, the problems that are all the problems that are all present with the device in terms of quality are obviously based on the simple fact that the analog to digital converter that's being used is the one that's inside the phone, which is designed to take a phone call and just record a phone call. So added to that, it's on an Android device, which doesn't have the greatest audio subsystem either, and you start to kind of pull all these all these sort of problems together. So um, on an iOS device, I suspect you'll probably get a better quality from the get-go, just because of the the higher quality nature of it, but that isn't to say that it isn't actually there isn't actually a use of a use for it. So first of all, they actually supply a karaoke app which allows you to kind of sing along to your own song and it strips out the internal you know sing along to songs and it strips out the vocals. That actually works really well. Um, you can also with that if you want to do some in-app purchases for some effects as well, which um, I had a little play with and that works that works brilliantly as well. So there's you know what I mean it, it's it's a great kind of I don't want to say toy, but but it's essentially it, it's a very entertaining toy app, and you could plug it into you, you can sing along to the track, have the have the have the vocal have the track processed so it takes the vocals out of it, sing along to the track, plug the headphone out that's on the on the microphone cable here. You can you can opt to control how much of the microphone signal gets sent out of here in the software, so it does actually turn your phone or your iPad or whatever device it is you're working with into a karaoke machine. And and it does that really well, and it does that to the kind of quality you'd expect. However, there is one use of this thing which I found that was really good. Um, during the week, I was in a situation where I wanted to record a I wanted to record a little interview with somebody, and I put my phone down and hit the condenser button. You know, just set it to record to just make a quick kind of do to do a quick interview for something. And um, the you know the background noise was too much. There was lots of buzzing, lots of home, all that you know all that kind of stuff. It was in a busy kind of kind of environments and there was a lot of background noise and that was incredibly problematic. So what I did was I actually got this iRig voice out of my, um, I had the iRig voice in my bag because I'd been looking at it. I, I got it out, plugged it in and I actually used the iRig voice for the recording, for, to do the recording. And in actual fact having a highly directional low gain, um, sorry, a highly, highly directional low gain dynamic microphone with the kind of very obvious proximity effect which I illustrated earlier, which I illustrated in that recording there, was actually incredibly useful. So, if you're looking, so while, while I think IK Multimedia are deliberately kind of targeting this at, at, a, at a certain group of people who are into doing karaoke on their phone, that's fine. I'm sure there's lots of people who like that. And this is, the, this is a great product for them, and it's bright yellow, so it makes sense. But if, you're, if you actually find yourself doing a lot of mobile doing lots of kind of, mo you know, kind of mobile on-location ad hoc interview and recording, say you're producing a podcast or you're kind of involved in some sort of new, me kind of new media space and you want something for a very particular situation, this is actually a really great choice because the, the proximity and the pickup pattern is incredibly extreme and incredibly directional, more so than, say, this 58 is. So you, you really could... Sit, you really could be in an incredibly noisy environment and get a get a clear recording of the content you're trying to get. Obviously, it's not going to do anything miraculous in terms of rejection. You know, it's not going to make it seem like you're in a in a library talking to them. But nonetheless, you will get great clarity of the thing that you're actually of the person you're actually speaking to 
if you get the position to it. And I think that's probably a fairly that's a kind of unique feature that they're not really selling this 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 on at all, which I think is maybe something which is probably quite obvious to anybody if if you were to sit down and think about it for a bit. You know, it's like, oh, I'm having problems making this recording. What I really need is a you know a dynamic mic with a you know very kind of strong side and back rejection. But this actually is what this product actually is. So while while I wouldn't say this is a serious recording tool in any way whatsoever, I would suggest it as a great kind of option for people to consider for doing kind of new media, you know, for, do, for doing interviews, for doing those kind of recordings. And a huge caveat I'd place across the entire thing is I was working on Android, which is a supported platform, but I suspect that if you were to run with something like, you know, an iPhone 5 or something like that, I suspect you'll probably get a better audio but get better audio quality because you are relying on the analog to digital converter on the headphones, on the combined headphone microphone socket on the phone to do the analog to digital conversion for you. There you go. And, and how much is this iRig voice? It, it, it's, not a sign it's not a massive amount of money. They're, I'm pretty certain they're less than 50 quid. There you go. Oh, that's IK multimedia phoning to say, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> you see how the uh, the reviews going? How's the review? So there we go. That that is my uh. There you go. That 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 would be my 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 assessment of it. So it's that like that. Well, this person's really going up for me today. There we go. And any other questions, you guys? Um, no, I was I'm surprised actually. We pulled that back. I thought it was a very ropey start, and but you've really kind of I think we've given balance to that, which is which is good. I have one, one. I I will I I will attempt if I have time. I, I will attempt if I have time to put together a recording. Um, to put together a little mock recording of what I was illustrating because the interview I actually did is what was for some of the matter and has some conf confidential material in it, so I can't actually share it as an example, which was which was a real shame because it was a nice you know it was one of those moments where the right tool for the right job. There there is one little point I'd like to make though, which is there is a fundamental. There is always, I think, a fundamental problem with this kind of solution, which I think, for completeness, I'd like to mention, is the fact that this, this, the uh, the microphone, this uh, this iRig voice, and its cable weighs more than the phone. So you can't really, it, it's it's really tricky to manipulate. To, Why is it, it so heavy? Well, because it, it it is well, it is a well-built thing. I'm saying it's a solid microphone. It weighs about the same as this 50 as a 58 does. It's a it's a proper well-built microphone. It's you know. It, it is of kind of fairly good quality, and it's kind of survived in a bag quite happily for me. But the the issue with that, though, is that you, you find yourself in a situation where you really have to either hold the phone, at which point you've got this in one hand and your phone in the other hand, or you do have to kind of weight the phone down, because if, if you kind of move the, if you kind of pull a little, move the, move the mic too much, then your phone is just going to come flying towards you, hanging off its headphone socket, which is going to be really, you know, it's going to be really bad for it. So that was... That's just a little observation I had. I think this, that's always the classic problem when you, you know, you start attaching heavy things to light things. You kind of throw off the kind of balance of the weight and things like that. Um, it, it is fair that you could buy the equivalent kind of cabling of this. Adam, Adam, you, I think you were querying this, this idea that you could, that you could buy the kind of separate splitter parts. And I guess, you know, you you could do if you wanted to. Though I guess you get this integrated, this kind of single integrated sort of package with the. The mic kind of hardwired in, so th this is definitely kind of th this has an idiot-proof nature to it. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. Yeah. I just I just remember buying like years and years ago before I knew about good quality equipment. I remember buying three microphones for twenty quid or thirty quid at Maplin's. Yeah. You know, a red one, blue one, and a yellow one, and then you can just get the little converter somewhere. And it sounds to me like you'd probably get a similar thing, uh, end result, in the end. What I was going well, to ask is kind of related to that, because um, it's the software issue. Do you, The apps that you were describing, are they exclusively for owners of the iRig, or are they separate purchases, or are they free? And I remember with the, with the iRing that we looked at, the rings themselves, you know, you could make a mock-up of something that's physically the same, but without buying the product, you don't have access to the software, which mm -hmm. does the analysis. So is that a similar deal with this iRig? So the, I'm trying, I think, I'm trying to remember its name. I think it's called Easy Voice, if I remember correctly. I'll just show, yeah. It, it's called Easy Voice, though. I, I, I came on media, have some other apps as well. Um, you, you, Easy Voice is available free to download and will work with any sort of jerry-rigged solution that you're kind of suggesting. It, obviously, it would even work with the headset that would come with your smartphone. That, you know, like, there's... There's nothing clever at that point there. Um, if you, when you register Easy Voice, though, you do get a, you do get control, uh, you do get the reverb unit and control and the ability to manipulate and control the reverb. So, as well as getting the actual iRig voice, you do also actually get a reverb unit. Essentially, you get a, you get a reverb unit that's available to run on your phone as well, which you can control. So, I guess they're the two bits that you're, you know, if if we're saying what are all the bits that you're exactly purchasing, then that's the second bit that you're kind of purchasing in that sort of cost there as well. Have one of you guys checked the current price? I, I haven't had opportunity to with my failing collection of mic stands and crazy moments. <laughs> just checking now. I'll let, oh, I'll you know, I'll get one with that. Oh, yeah, 30 quid. There you go. So, you know, it's, it's typical IK Multimedia. I'm saying it's, you know, it, it is well-priced well and, you know, available in different colors. Yeah. There you go. With that, I think we could head in. If you guys have, we could head into news. I'm saying we should say thank you very much to the guys at IK Only Media for uh, sending us, uh, sending us the the Ironing voice, and uh, you know, hope it's, uh, you know, I, I, we we strive to be honest, and I hope that's been a, I hope that was a kind of honest review, sort of style. So you know, so if you're, let me summarize it. If you're into karaoke, it's bright yellow. What could possibly not be awesome about it? And if you're, if you need a kind of, if you need a dynamic high rejection high rejection, high gain microphone to do kind of mobile recording and you're wanting to, you know, you're in a situation where any recording is better than none, this is a great tool. This is really going to get you something which is usable in a, in a situation where the environment is so loud and so noisy you can't get away with using kind of any sort of condenser, condenser kind of pickup microphone. This, this is a great choice and at the price it is, it is, you know, it is a great solution for, for the price it is. There's not a good, you know, so there's a lot to recommend it in that sort of respect. And as I was doing with the Hangout, it even, you know, it, it even offers a significant increase in terms of being able to work with a Hangout. So that's it, you know, that, that's, that's a good idea. It lets you kind of separate the phone and the camera, you know, the, the microphone and the camera from each other, and that allows you to maybe pose a shot that you would probably be happier with if you want to do that. So there we go. I, okay. I actually kind of like it, but at the same point, I'm, I think it's important from an integrity point of view that we don't give people the impression that this is... A microphone that's you know that that's going to sit into their toolbox and be a kind of hey this is my new go-to microphone because for for most of our listeners I suspect that's not going to be the case but then that's probably a price you know there's a significant price issue that's wrapped up into there as well as in there so yeah 
Cool. Okay, so going from that review with mobile recording to the news and tele-remote recording. Um, about a week ago, or just after the last show, Steinberg released an iPad version of their VST Connect Performer software. So VST as in Virtual Studio Technology, but not related to the plugins, other than that it's from Steinberg. The VST Connect is something that lets you have your microphones in one location connected via software through the internet to Cubase running on a host computer somewhere else and to have full integration plus video chat for that situation. I think it's very cool and it's now available for the iPad. Okay. I'm kind of confused. It took me a while to get my head around it. Yeah. So, um, um, I suppose where, in what scenario would you use this? I can see it being useful on a local network, for example. It does work on LAN, yes. Um, but, but being it says internet there, so obviously we're talking about the wider, the wider network. So um, I, I suppose I don't really point get out it. That you, you need it, yeah. You, there is a necessity to have a good strong internet connection. Um, you know, you're not going to be able to do it through your Android device tethered to through Wi-Fi. I think you need, you know, you need, on both ends you need proper internet connection. The kind of selling point they're going for is that you have access to other people and to other spaces. So you can sit in your bedroom studio and record someone in a, well, the internet connection might be a thing, but so in, let's say, a, a professional studio, then they're going to have an internet connection. I was going to say something like a concert hall, but then how are you going to get the ethernet? But, um, but yeah, but it, it also it does not require that the, the client side run Cubase, so you can collaborate if you've got Cubase um, 7 or higher or Nuendo 6 running on your machine, people can get the performer software for free and then you can control, you have access to that and you know you establish the audio connection and they can just play their instrument and you can record it onto your computer. Yeah. Awesome stuff, cool. Thank you very much, there, Sam. That's, uh, as 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 you continued with the news item, I had a, an additional collection of technical fails just happening all around me. It was fantastic. Just to go wrong. That's cool. I, I agree. I think it's um yeah, I, I think there's there's a great option in that as well. There's some more news from Steinberg as well, um regarding support for a new version of OSX. So did either of you guys see this come through? I've read it on our show notes. So yeah, they're um, they're saying that their installer is not. It has some problems. Compatible. Yep. So if you're if you've got software already installed, transferring up will not be a problem. But if you are going to use the beta or when it's released, if you're using it, yes, might then. Is it Yosemite? Yeah. I don't know. Um, oh yeah, you're right, Yosemite. I always say Yosemite. I don't know why. Yosemite. So yeah. I I didn't quite understand the I, I didn't quite understand the um. The, the news here really, but I think I do, but I don't really understand why it is, but essentially the installer won't work unless you run a program and then once you've once you've installed a free to, a free to download bit of software from them, the installer will work. So yeah. the, the, the thing that I didn't understand about this the most though was that surely what they should have done was just updated the installer so it runs this program automatically before the yeah, installer runs. The problem is that we were talking about um, Yosemite Beta, so 
the the beta may change, and there's no point in in going through a big kerfuffle to put something into your installer, which might then not work for other people. Um, oh, fair enough. Yeah. Finalize the installer once once Apple have actually got the new operating system out there. So, I mean, you can complain, oh well, it should work, or this is terrible. Apple's broken another another thing, but. Th- this is a beta thing, you know. Apple have put uh, their new operating system in beta, especially for this reason. So, fine. It's just a little warning, just for anyone who wants to experiment with the new one. I think, yep. and that kind of thing. And it's Steinberg saying it seems broken, but it's not really. You just need to do some extra steps to make it work. Yeah, and and if you're actually trying out. Yosemite and trying to use it with Cubase, then you'll be fine with that because you're an, an adventurous computer person. You know, uh, I think our tip would be, you know, wait at least six months after the new operating system has been released and then update to it and install your DAW and all this kind of stuff. To be honest, I... I... Adam is taking a very generous way. I'm saying my, my my advice for people about software updates is really simple, which is that you should uh, you should look at what you have and then work out if what you would get would actually be worth having, and then decide if it's worth the fast the hassle of actually trying to get there, because inevitably you while you end up with new features that you may or may not require, you inevitably end up losing a week of your life mucking around with trying to get various installers to work and. You, you, you go from a version that worked fine to a new version on which supports your new operating system and then you discover there's 50 bugs in the new version which you have to wait a, a while to get fixed and things like this. So I, I'm very cynical. A lot, of our, a lot of our regular listeners will know that I'm a, still a 10.6.8 person and it just runs fine. Yeah, it just runs fine until you need to get a new computer and then yes. you have to go through everything. You have to update both things and and get used to everything and there are different ways of doing it. I mean I don't rush out and install the new OS when it comes out but I'm happy to kind of move forward and put a bit of time into working out the the bumps. You know there are a few bumps with Logic Pro X but that was really Logic Pro X rather than the operating system. Anyway, let's move on to PreSonus who have released Notion 5, which is their notation software. And before today, I had no idea that PreSonus even had a notation software. So there you go. Well, Notation is um, recently acquired by the PreSonus team. The main, the main issues in this update is that they've re- redesigned the interface to make it look more like other PreSonus kind of you know, stuff like Studio One. They've also put in support for retina screens and also for Windows 8 touch interfaces has been added in as well. You also get a couple of um, the native effects limiter, compressor, and ProEQ plugins included with it as well. So there, there is a reason, Adam, you didn't know that Personas had a, a notation product, and that was because they only recently acquired it. Ah, well, why wasn't that news in the audio podcast? I'm it's not. now, Adam, come on. <laughs> there you go. We could be worse. I mean, to be honest, it doesn't bother me at all because I don't ever use notation packages. Uh, another another company that doesn't have any notation packages is Native Instruments, and they've got a, a neat little sale that um, ends on the 28th of July. So, you know, you've only got about eight, not even that, six days from today before that runs out. It's called the Twice as Nice Sales. So, if you uh, want to get your machine expansions 
now's the time because you put one in your basket and you put another in your basket and you're only charged for one. It's basically buy one, get one free. And Sam, I, I understand that you have a lead on some other time-limited offers as well? I did. I actually I posted this without a show number, expecting it might be one of those things that just slipped through. I don't know whether or not these are still valid, because it, it was almost a week ago that these were available. But this is um, DV247, UK-based gear sellers. And at least one of these offers is still available. For example, the Tannoy Reveal um, 802 monitors. If you buy those, you get a free TC-level pilot with it. So. But some offers from them came through in an email. I shared it through the internet. There we go. Does that bring us to the end of the news? That's oh wait, just just it. quickly, just to go back to the machine expansions. Yeah. There are a couple that aren't part of the deal, and that's Arcane Attic and Circuit Halo. Um, Circuit Halo, I think it's called. Uh, so all the other ones are part of the twice as nice deal. Just thought I'd throw that one in. Okay. Um, and yes, the news is now finished. Okay, that brings us to the other section. And this is also going to bring us back to the discussion of whether or not to update your operating system and DAW options. But to start with, this was um, a story, a, an older story, so it would have been Blunder, on um, the CDM blog, talking about um, Wu-Tang having released something through a service that's called Blend, blend.io. Um, Although if you read the comments on that article, the author admits that perhaps that's, that's not you know the story itself is not that much, but the awareness of Blend is something that's interesting because I think last week you guys or maybe it was earlier than that on the audio podcast we've talked about um, Splice, wasn't it? That is a kind of syncing thing across multiple computers for um, DAW sessions. Am I correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, well, Blend works with Dropbox, and you can place your um, DAW sessions into your drop into a specific folder, and using the API, it becomes um, you can kind of share online, and people can you can publish your own projects this way, and you can fork other people's projects, and it's pretty cool. I, I saw this, and I was like, ooh, that is actually very very interesting, and it, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of GitHub. Mm. It's maybe not completely. Uh, an analogy of GitHub, but for musical projects. But there are certain things. It's that idea of forking a project. So someone puts up the project, and then someone else. This would be really good for Creative Commons working. I'd say, being able to put up a Creative Commons backbone to a track or a set of vocals, and someone else can just say, "Okay, I want that." Bam, bam. But it's the actual, rather than it being the files, just like audio files. It's actually the session that you download that you download into your system um, so you have to run the same software but that's the handy thing you get uh, it, it's compatible with live machine pro tools logic pro garage band and fruity loop studio which is you know that's a pretty decent range and then when you go to the actual downloading part it says which uh, what what one you need for it to work and what version you need Yep, and you can browse by software. So if you're only running one of those DAWs, you can look just for things that are available for that, um, which is, yeah, quite good. Now, this is where we get into the fact that... So I think currently for to sign up, is um, you need a code to get in, but you can, you know, there's a button to press and ask for a code. Um, 
and I don't know whether or not people can invite each other. Um, that maybe you need to be an established user before you can invite other people. It's a typical kind of new service thing. I mean, Gmail was the same at first. Um, so I thought, out of that list, let's give GarageBand a go. I mean, I can surely I have that on my Mac, but all of the sessions require a newer version, and of course I couldn't get the newer version because I have the older operating system. Yeah, you're all stuck on 10.6.8, so... Um, so there you go. Yes, indeed, it is, it, can, it is a bit of a problem. Although the GarageBand format, um, you know, you get session name dot band, and if you right-click on it, you, get, you can say show package contents because it's actually just a folder containing data and metadata, and there's a bunch of webs in there. Um, so I downloaded just one. I downloaded one of the Moby tracks, and um, on exploring the package of the band file slash folder. I found that there was also a screenshot of the arrangement. I don't know whether or not that's a standard GarageBand thing or not, but it showed that all of the web files are just aligned at the zero yeah. time. That's, so a, that's included in the GarageBand folder mm -hmm. so that you get a, um, a preview of it in the finder. Ah, cool. That's what it's there for. So, yeah, so even without the software, you could still pull people's projects and get the data out, but then you're not going to benefit from any MIDI arrangements or any presets on the effects and all the routing of audio, all that kind of stuff you wouldn't get. But even these people who are kind of, I'm, I'm holding on to get new hardware before running a new operating system. Like this, this machine is the vintage of this operating system and it's all perfectly fine. Eventually I'll have to get a new machine and at that point I'll have new software and I'll be able to move on in the world. I think, yeah. Don't want to drag the show out too long. I'll come back in a future show and do an, another other section on my recent explorations of trying out new DAWs because mm. because in that explosion I was limited to a small number that still support 10.6.8. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, I like the idea of this because, you know, how many unfinished tracks does everyone have, you know? There are tracks that are like, oh, this is a good track, but I just can't get that last bit done, da 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 you know, put it up there and someone can collaboratively help you fix it, finish it, and get it out there. I, I like this idea. And I find that the hi-hats are always mixed too loud in almost every style of music, so to be able to just listen to a piece <laughs> of music and turn the hi-hats down just a little bit, that would, that's great. <laughs> and moving on, the I also in the other is a little experience that I had yesterday. Um, while I was... Uh, visiting uh, Huddersfield, um, I had the opportunity to be in one of the studios that they're rewiring over for the summer break, and they have a beautiful SSL AWS 924 desk in there, which is a which is a truly beautiful desk. I don't know if people... When did they get that? Is this Huddersfield University? Yep, brand new in. It is, it is brand new in, yet to be yet to be truly broken in. And um, well, while we were there, we were we were suffering with some typical poor installation issues, but that, that's an aside anyway. But um, the S the the beauty of the SSL desk is it has a complete analog audio process, complete analog kind of signal chain for the audio processing. But then it has a it has the to be expected to kind of digital in interface that you would expect if you were working with a door environment. So um, while we were setting it up, there is a there is a limitation inside the manual which states that you that which states there has to be a particular configuration, and the consequence of that configuration between the two things means that you can't act, you can't run internet or kind of Active Directory based logins or things like that on the computer which is connected to the AWS 924. Um, and even though the manual says that you can't do that, it's not actually true. 
So if you are, if if you ever come across a, an SSL AWS and the person who's running it says, "Oh, you can't use the internet," then um, the the solution to it is in our notes. There you go. Theodiopodcast.co.uk slash show slash one, two, three. You know, solving problems you didn't even know you had. Amazing. <laughs> that was good. So it, it, it is a fix. You know, normally, I, I, as people know, I do, I do a lot of this kind of stuff, visiting studios and fixing problems, and normally very little of it makes it, you know, is of interest to the, to the larger. You know, they're all very peculiar things. But this is, a, this is a moment where the manufacturer's manual will tell you a piece of information, and in fact... It isn't the case. If you wish, you can, reason, you can get the functionality you want. I think the reason they, they did that was because they probably knew there was a way of doing it, but just think of the complete complication of having people ring up and start talking networking over the phone and trying to get someone to do the right thing in this blah, 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 blah. You know, networking is very complicated. If you're really not versed with it, it's, it just seems like this big jumble of numbers and madness. So I can understand why they would just say, no, it's not going to work. Get out of here. And you know who else would have said no? A pirate, if you were trying to take their treasure. That's right. <laughs> it's oh, plunder time. Oh. No. <laughs> okay. Um, I was, okay, I thought that, that last item was plunder, actually, but there, there we go. This definitely is. We're even talking about um, semi questionable legality of FM transmission here. How to build a teeny tiny DIY FM transmitter which powers off a 9 volt battery and broadcasts for some distance. But I don't think it's really an issue. It's similar to those things that you get for in-car and whatnot. Except instead of having a line in, this is one that is a circuit that's designed to have a small microphone attached in a kind of spy bug scare quotes style. Ah. Not really spying if you're transmitting it to everyone and sending <laughs> all around. But yeah, uh, it is an interesting idea, and there's also it has kind of links to. Uh, I probably mentioned this on the audio podcast before, um, but yeah, there was this little craze in Japan in the I think it was in the 80s um, called Mini FM. I might be wrong, uh, but basically, yeah, these people would get hold of tiny little FM transmitters and you know they'd only transmit over 100 meters, 200 meters, something like that but then each block in a city would have one and then so you'd get this like little mesh of hyper local radio stations as you kind of went through a place so it's a kind of, it, that was a nice kind of social the social side of such a thing but I'm not sure if you could actually get away with doing that exactly Anywhere, you know, laws and stuff. So, but I think yeah, on this like tiny scale, this is yeah, the an FM transmitter you might think would be a complicated thing, but I think it's got 16 components on it, 17 if you count if you count the battery as well. So, it's, it w it sounds like it would be complicated, but FM transmitters have been around for so long that there'll be a guy, you know, there'll be a company in in China who makes a chip that does it all. And all you have to do is give the chip the right inputs and the right power, and you're there. This looks a little bit more involved. It's got some resistors. It's got it's got some transistors. It's got some capacitors. Yeah. It's got a hand-wound inducer thing, inductor, as well. Yeah, it? from the screenshot, that this is a 
from the screenshot, this is definitely a an actual build your own FM transmitter. This isn't Absolutely. a integrated circuit to buy. You know, it isn't a order this integrated circuit and you know solder it onto a board and you're done. This is this is the bits. This is cool. I think people should do more of these projects. You know, knowing how electronics works kind of explains why the problems that you have in your studio exist. And it's much easier to fix them when you can I diagnose them properly rather than guessing at their diagnosis. So, yeah. I'm cool. absolutely sure that this capacitor right here is failing and I must replace it. Like that, you mean? Yes. <laughs> with that, with that, we've made it to the end of the, the, this show. If, if we still named the shows at the end, this would be like the Calamity Special or something, wouldn't it, I think? <laughs> can we change the name? I don't think no. we could change the name. No, it's it's far too much hassle to change the name. I'm sorry. Oh, shame. Okay. But you can call uh, so next week. You you next week though. You well, next week I'm not here, but you guys are. So you guys will get the great honor of choosing the name. So you should feel free to reflect on this week's calamity and refer to it appropriately, if you wish. We That's can call the show question. Beyond Calamity. How about that? I'll do. It's nice to get a third line if possible, but yeah, that's that's good, you know. Uh, Beyond calamity, the Scott Hewitt experience. That's maybe a little long, but yeah, I, li I like the way you're going. <laughs> okay. What we could do? Oh, well, it's it's important not to be self-referential, but if it, we could have Beyond Calamity, Doctor. I'd like. <laughs> Well, yes, of course, we have to all remember that uh, our good friend here, Scott Hewitt, did graduate from the University of Huddersfield Great. yesterday. And there's, if you go to his website, scotthewitt.co.uk, you can see a nice picture of him in his uh, academic dress. So there we go. With his, yep, with his doctoral hat. Very nice. And I believe we've got one more member to be hooded Yes. Of the audio podcast, and that should probably happen in November. I yep, my my um, thesis amendments have been approved. So, Hooray. yes, and that makes us the most highly qualified uh, audio tech podcast team. <laughs> and with that, I'll say I'm Dr. Sam. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm Dr. Scott. Thank you very and much. I am Adam Yanch. Thank you very much for listening to the audio podcast. Join us again soon. No, Adam, you've got to do it properly. See you next week, Dr. Adam. See you next week, Dr. Adam. <laughs> Spin the audio podcast, show one, two, three. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.